Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Brooke, you doing okay in the closet there? You yeah, off? I'm great. I, not because I have a man living with me um, as of a week ago, so I'm like, what are these shirts? They're so bulky and there's so much plaid. <laughs> yeah it does look a little more full than it did last week i'm not gonna lie yeah you're definitely like really hidden amongst the threads in that closet now which is great for sound it's a, it's wonderful for sound oh yeah <laughs> it's good it's good i've been up uh so early this morning um i used my restaurant worker w2 and pay stub to qualify for uh, a vaccine um, Amazing. So that's pretty exciting. And now news has come out in Los Angeles about all these Hollywood cheaters who were all passing around a link. And this clinic just full on canceled five days of vaccines because 900 of the 1500 slots that were meant for senior citizens were all gobbled up by like Hollywood people and um, like media workers this whole it's crazy and i'm like isn't it oh. hilarious you totally sound like you're like reporting on fox news right now with i'm like, I'm like live <laughs> live from inside Got my the inside my panic room my covid panic room this is brooke van poplin <laughs> Well, you guys, we hear so many extra hosty, delicious laughs in the in the room right now. So let's get the show started, shall we? Yeah, 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 wait, yeah, wait, yeah, wait, yeah. wait, wait, wait. I don't know if we're, if we're ready to just uh, skip over the the uh, mid-pandemic move-in that you just pulled there. Oh, well, let, first of all, well, let, let us just introduce ourselves and we, we can hop right back into it. So, yes, hi, guys. Welcome to Sidework Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Wallace. And I'm your host, Brooke Van Poplin. And joining us today are the hosts of their own podcast and newest members of the One Star Podcast Network. Please welcome Marlon Joseph. And is it Danny Davila or Davia? Uh, Davila. 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 Option three. Okay. <laughs> I didn't even know that. That's well, like, that. The John- <laughs> like the Johnson and Johnson. Of- <laughs> but I, I, pron- I pronounce it Davila. So it's fine if you say it that way. Really? Okay. Because if I'm in, if I was in Puerto Rico, they would say Davila. But here in America, we just say Davila. Okay. Here in America, right. that's called flexing because every every freaking episode, I'm saying Danny Davila, and that's and how I've been saying my name my whole life. So it's okay, you say it, right? <laughs> but saying Davila. Oh, okay. So but, 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 they're, but they're Cali, you know, they're Cali, and I don't want them. Uh, you know, there's there's a there's a big Latino community over there, and they might they might call me out. So I had to say it the right way for them. Erroneous. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Not going to get called out by me. I was like, so do you prefer Davia 
Um, <laughs> I, Definitely I Davila. Little, yeah. Right on. Davila. Cool. Davila. <laughs> Just learned something new. Um, well, guys, welcome to the show. We've been wanting to have you on since we all became acquainted a few months ago. Um, so it's great to have you here. Uh, Marlon's giving me shit about my pandemic reporting live from my <laughs> lockdown closet. Skipping details over here. I know. Live from the lockdown closet. Hollywood elites are being turds. Like, that's basically what's I know. happening. And I don't think it's elite. Look, I think that it, there's... I think people think that they can get it. You know, I definitely think there are people who are just like people will like punch a nurse and like take her clothes. And like I was joking that like people like might actually be showing up in like a Burger King uniform and being like, yes, I work at Burger King. Give me shot like (laughs) that could be happening. But I think like I don't know. I think there's a lot of misinformation out there, as we all know, and people just think they can get it and then they can't. I'm not defending anybody in Hollywood by any means. But it's I mean, it's I think the good news, regardless, though, is I feel like uh, they're being they're going to be like like released and unleashed on the public fairly soon, just with all the extra. I don't know. I know you guys are, you know, in Florida and different times, different attitudes all over the place. Um, and as food service workers, I know this can be a personal and political uh, question, but we hope you guys are staying safe, not feeling too scared with the cocoa running wild. Cocoa <laughs> running wild. I mean, we're not quite knock your grandmother over to get the vaccine yet. Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> you know, but I suspect maybe, you know, maybe I'm, I'll, I'll knock a kid out. Maybe not my grandmother. There you go. (laughs) Right, right. Kids can't even get the vaccine yet, but I'll I'll punch one. Like, (laughs) yeah, I mean, it's a it's a good getaway with the kid. You could deny it. You give them the little hip check. Yeah. When kids run around the restaurant, I give them the little hip check. (laughs) Right into the boards. Yep. (laughs) So you knock them off the dock. No, I can't do that because I'm not I'm not the one to even go get them. Oh my god. So. This this kind of brings us. Uh, so, are you currently working in a situation where you you guys are like on a pier? Is it a waterfront type restaurant? Um, we both sort of work waterfront. I work uh-huh. uh, waterfront uh, because uh, we're right on the intercoastal. It's called, and okay. and boats can uh, dock to come to the restaurant and things like that. And there is a section called the dock. Which their tables right on the dock, and if you're too hammered, you're going in. (laughs) (laughs) And Danny uh, works where I used to. I used to work where Danny works, and he there's a street that separates him from the ocean. That's about it. It's basically you know sand road restaurant. Wow. Wow. I like that. And so, right. If, well, okay. So you have to be like really, really drunk in Danny's restaurant situation where you ha- you're you like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And you keep falling over a road and then sand and then into the water. That is a level of <laughs> no, classic yeah, no, you, stumble. You, you'll get hit by a car before you get hit by a car. Uh, <laughs> Got it. Yeah, Got your fogger game has to be up on, uh, to, to even get to the ocean. But if you're on the dock, you can make one false move, and then it's just, oh, yeah. you, and the, it's just you and the manatees, right? Absolutely. Like, <laughs> and there are manatees. Very good. Um, it is manatee season. And I don't think falling into the dock is as much a hazard as ladies with the stiletto heels getting stuck oh. on the dock. Because oh, they're, yes. they're planks. So mid-plank, they're getting in there, and they lose a shoe all the time. Yeah. 
Yeah, and you know sometimes there's there's a there's a little bit enough of a, a of a gap between those those little boards that like a credit card could fall down there really easily. Oh, yeah. Like I think I had a friends who were like a, a wedding ring fell down and got loose in the dock. Like when they were on something like that, there's there's a lot. <laughs> There's, There's a, a lot, lot of, of errors that can happen. <laughs> talk. Have, have you guys on the modern waiter done an episode about waiting tables on a dock? Uh, no, no uh, I, I assume that it's pretty uh, niche, but I have not yet. <laughs> and the dock is 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 this no man's land where we stick all the new guys, right? Oh, it's the furthest right. away from from everything especially if you're working the dock on a brunch. Now it's all two tops. And I'll tell you a little nightmare situation I had when I was the new guy at my, in my place a couple of years ago. And uh, I started mm, January-ish. So I got all those holidays to the face. The, the um, what's that? The, the Valentine's, Valentine's Day, Day I took, the Mother's Day and the Easter, right? Uh huh. Along with like Monday holidays, like the memorials, the labors, like those I get to skip because I don't work Mondays. That's amazing. So I'm pretty fortunate with that. Now, yeah, we usually record on Mondays. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can't so work recording. We are. Uh, I'm on the dock, new guy, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, it was a Mother's Day. Guys, I got so screwed because I had I was at the end of the dock where the dock actually extends. There are not supposed to be any tables there, back there. It's just more dock and parking lot. The manager mm. comes out with tables like a Goodfellas. Starts oh, expanding no. my section. <laughs> now, I'm already weeded, and it's only two tops. Now he's giving me another six top, another eight top, a six top, and a four top on top of my already six table section of two tops which are needy which this, is also a, this is a weight mirror to be like i left my i left to go grab something in the kitchen i came back and then there was like five more ta empty tables in my section yeah like what did it be sat that's a weight mirror like oh, yeah yeah he's renting he's he rented chairs he's pulling he's inventing tables and sections and it's just coming out of nowhere and i have to wait on them all and i remember saying to this one lady who wanted to modify like the eggs benedict she wanted this this way and i said listen lady you'd be lucky to get anything at all from this kitchen just please 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 tell me what you want do you make cappuccinos i said yes tonight at nine o'clock, I'll make your cappuccino. <laughs> Just give me what you want, and I can maybe make that happen. But do it quickly. I was buried. Dude, oh that God. is the dreaded. That is the dreaded word when someone's like, "Can I have a cappuccino?" You're like, "Well, there goes this tip." Um, just weeded by cappuccinos. Um, yowzers, man. Yowzers oh man. is right. I like the idea that you had a uh, you know someone that was like not not a great customer, and you'd be like, "Would you just mind stepping onto this boat with me for a second, so we have maritime law happening between the two of us? We'll <laughs> <laughs> so sort it out at on the seas." <laughs> Funny thing is that the, our owner uh, to get things moving and get people out of the <laughs> out of their seats, he would bring his uh, his boat and have his captain run people around so he's like you want to go on the boat you want to go on the boat of course people want to go on the boat so Pretty then smart. he'll get them up and put them on the boat and out they went reset the table 
Wow. They never return to land. No three-hour tours at my tables. Thank you very much. I just, I just also like the idea of like to clear your section when you work on a dock. You're like, hey, Lenny, up in like the lighthouse. You're like, blast the foghorn. <laughs> oh my god. Should we do some quick top of show shit? Yeah, absolutely, you guys. Let's uh, get into it. So, you guys, uh, in case you didn't know, because we just told you, we have a brand new podcast network that we have launched. The Modern Waiter is here with us today. Uh, One Star Network. Please head over to One Star Podcast Network. Yes. At Instagram to follow us, rate, review our podcast. As always, you guys, we love hearing from you. Smash those five stars. What yes. else is going on, Brooke? Uh, yeah. Uh, like we said, uh, aside from the modern waiter joining us, we've got Copper and Heat. Check them out. We also have the Macaroni Zone. Finally, we got them up and running this week. They're super funny. Uh, so check them out as well, along with In Your Mouth Pod. And I am so proud to also mention that our buddy and former favorite guest of the podcast, you guys too have had Quaylen Harris yeah. on your show, uh, got his own little podcast just all to himself, just <laughs> ranting and raving on there. And it's called Confessions of a Server. So by all means, check, check, check it out. Um, so yeah, we're super excited and what we're doing is as much word of mouth and telling you guys, our lovely listeners, uh, that you're going to enjoy everyone else. We enjoy them. You're going to get a taste of Danny and Marlon today, which is going to send you over to their podcast. Mm-hmm. It's so funny, Andrew, when I listen to you guys, I'm like, you are our bizarro, you're bizarro us, you know, oh, yeah. you hit topics and have takes that I'm like, we didn't even think of that but that is so something we would say but you guys are just inhabiting like a wonderful brain space that we clearly don't have so (laughs) I listen to your podcast and I'm like when I listen to the modern waiter I get so geeked out about what you guys talk about I'm like god I was a good server like always you always there's always (laughs) there's always room to learn you always need to be ever evolving no matter what you do in life but I was like Oh, I was so good at that. Like, you know, and and have taken all of all of those skills and elevated them just in my life. So that's why I really like listening to the modern waiter. I'm still learning. And then I'm learning today. I said I called Danny up, uh, you know, in prep for the show. I said, Danny, if we if I had to do what they do for a podcast, we would never have a show. I'm so glad that we feel the same way about each other and, and that we're all under the umbrella of one network now. Yeah. So a little something for everybody. We are family. Yeah. We can only sing that one line. I want to say we had some uh, follow-up real quickly. Oh. Like, we like to acknowledge reader um not reader, sorry, listener emails that send in after we've uh, posted an episode. And this is from our All You Can Eat and Buffets episode with Ken Reed, which was a hoot and a holler, but we did get some feedback that I think is important to share. And I told her I would share it. So I'll read this right now. 
Hey guys, I'm at work listening to the episode on buffets and I just wanted to gently mention that the rhetoric might have benefited from some investigation into the role buffets play in impoverished communities and food deserts. I grew up in a small poor town where going to a buffet was a special occasion, something you did on your birthday or for graduation or just a cheaper way to feed a big family. It made us feel a little less dirt poor. Yes, they're trashy and their guests are less than aristocratic Absolutely nobody can deny that. But I think it's important to investigate both sides of the story. This episode focused on the Vegas crew's faux, faux opulence rendition of the buffet without, without offering insight to the roles they play in underprivileged communities. Anyways, just food for thought and, in, and an opportunity to inhabit a different, albeit still detrimental, perspective. Love the pod. Godspeed and good health. Andrea, um, totally fair. I wrote back and I was so super defensive and I was like you don't know what goes into our research no I'm just kidding um I I said that we definitely mentioned that it was a great option to feed yep. um a large family I I grew up on Ponderosas the whole family mm -hmm. loved a Ponderosa let us loose on that buffet um and you know overall it's a great point and I'm glad she made it because it's really uh, intelligent and well-written we were just coming at it from the perspective of how it's not a really feasible business model and it's terrible for servers yeah so, that's yes, all absolutely Didn't so yeah make anyone feel left out yeah absolutely I feel like there's a lot of things that we don't mention on the podcast that obviously are true but yeah like you said we're just always like leaning into the service perspective of everything totally but yeah. uh we appreciate it you guys can always check in and uh share your thoughts um and we'll we'll own ourselves on this podcast, okay? <laughs> we'll just Absolutely. go ahead and own ourselves. But yeah, Andrea, go ahead and jump into some headlines for us. Let's to discuss. do it. <laughs> okay, you guys, first headline today. Uh, this is insane. Coming to you from Illinois, outside of Chicago, uh, Frankfurt, Illinois. Holy shit! Okay, basically, Parmesan's Woodstone Pizzeria. The one of the owners of this establishment, Michael Papandria. Uh, allegedly captured the images using cameras, get this, installed on his shoes to basically take thousands and thousands of pictures up the skirt of female employees over a span of eight years. You guys. What? Yeah. So eight female plaintiffs, some of them minors, are suing the 59-year-old ah. former supervisor alleging he secretly took thousands of upskirt photos and videos while working with them in three suburban Chicago pizzerias. Uh, it, this is insane. Uh, the amount of psychopath behavior you have to have going on your head to be like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get me some of them shoe cameras to be a total dirtbag. What the fuck? <laughs> I'm laughing, but it's not funny. No, of course it's zero not. We funny. laugh, we laugh, we laugh. It's zero funny. But what we can make fun of is the extreme inventiveness yeah. Perverts will go to when you're like, that's some ingenuity. That's some CIA level shit. <laughs> how does he even, how do you get away with a shoe camera overall, anyways? Well, they the have thing, you those don't... stores now. They have like, you know, amateur sleuth stores, like like next to Sharper Image or in Sharper Image. You can get your hands on stuff like this so easily. Yeah, I mean, I hear that, but that's just, that's extra. I, yeah. I'm, I'm interested in the evolution. Like he, <laughs> he, he probably started with a bigger camera and said, "No, no, no, this is not good enough." Okay. He wear like clown shoes to work, and he'd be like, "Where's your exactly?" <laughs> I need 
uh, a way to not have my cell phone sticking up the skirt right here. So right, like, did he drop his cell phone and it like accidentally like took a photo and then like a, like a brilliant idea for him was born? Not only did he have the shoe camera, he also secretly installed one in the employee restroom. Of course, Ooh. I was in the toilet. Say, yep. <laughs> Guys, this oh. is this is yep. this is sage advice. It's written on a plaque somewhere. Where there is a shoe camera, there surely is a toilet camera also. <laughs> <laughs> there, you're right. There definitely is. They go hand in hand. They might be a bogo. Buy yes. the toilet camera, get the shoe cam. <laughs> At least half price. <laughs> they're, they're in the yeah. same package. They're, you gotta rip that package open on the, the per package shoe cam. Yep. Yeah. So in- get this. So the forensics, the computer forensics expert hired, like found t- nearly two thousand videos from the Oof. shoe recorder alone. Another fourteen from the camera placed on the restroom toilet or above the restroom toilet, and like they're saying there could be like five hundred victims total over the period of like eight eight years of all the different people where his shoe his shoe was just to be able to see up skirts and yeah. the academy award for cinematography goes to <laughs> parmesan <laughs> i swear to god uh, there was like a there was an incident in berwin too like the outer skirts of chicago have some shady dealings like to begin with don't there you mean don't you mean the cars and don't stripes you the, don't you mean the upskirts of chicago oh thank <laughs> you very much oh nice thank well you. played well played, well played. Uh, thank you. Uh, um the cigars and stripes remember that the weird comedy venue outside of chicago where oh, the I owner do. had placed a double-sided mirror in oh, yeah, the in women's the restroom so yeah. he could like go view women going to the bathroom Mm-hmm. Cool. There was nothing cool. shady about that place. A knife no. fight broke out while I was doing stand up on a stripper stage. Totally yeah. normal stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so the hearing is set for April twenty second. So we'll 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 see if we can update you guys on what happens to this guy and all the many charges he's going to be found guilty of. Honestly. Yeah. My God, I'm just so like these the ingenuity of people with addiction and perversion and disorders where you're just like damn like they're actually highly intelligent and they could be using their intelligence for good and then at the end of the day they have 2000 blurry upskirt videos and that's their life's work and now well, they're supervision they're super villains and the fact that you th- call them blurry is a uh, is an assumption it, no, I know it could, it could be, be could be quality cam work. It could be. Uh, it's, it's in it's in full <laughs> HD. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> those, those, shoe can, can, those shoe cameras pull focus really quickly, from what I've heard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just also imagining when there when you realize you worked with this dude and hear this headline that you're like. He always stood the strangest, like like his posture. Had to have been so bizarre. Like foot like, out. Yes, like, out. like always uh, cross foot out. Like Charlie Chaplin, just like <laughs> stick his big foot out, and he's just like, man, <laughs> I. It's just so god. It's so, what's this X on the floor? I what know, are right? Marks here. Just you, stand yeah, right hit, here. Hit your marks. Hit your marks, servers. That is. That is awful like something has to break in your brain to just look people in the face and know what you're doing behind their back and 
Yeah. And, and surely he has a family. He has a mother, maybe sister, yeah, he daughter. He owns the restaurants with his wife. Oh, oh wow. Oh, that's even worse. So were they watching it together? I that does not say that. I don't know if they were one of those couples, but I, I she could have just been. There's no the way time. she couldn't have not known about something like that. I oh. agree. Eight years of it is a lot. Yeah. Whatever. Like, may I also say that the ingenuity also takes itself to extreme levels of sneaky. Let's not turn That's this true. into it's also true. Le- you know, double and life. Who knows? I bet this guy fucking gaslights all the time. You know what I mean? I bet he just Gross. makes people feel like they're crazy. Gross, gross, gross. Let's move on to something we can all (laughs) join in on and agree (laughs) that it's even more of a travesty. Uh, We just just got a a word, word on the street here in Texas. Um, Some restaurants uh, in the Austin, Santa Fe area, they are beginning to charge for chips and salsa because of rough years, slim margins. Um, What are immediate reactions? I mean, it's an uproar. It's considered sacrilege in texas but i mean if i do chip math real quick like i have made so much chip money i've gotten so many free chips <laughs> that i've probably got like two thousand dollars worth of free chips in my lifetime you know i i, I mean <laughs> it is a lot i mean it it's like we're, we have really entered a new phase of of the restaurant world when yes chips and salsa are not free anymore especially like you said in a state where like chips and salsa are the standard you know you're you're right or is it your right to get free chips and salsa you you have a right to open carry and to eat baskets of chips and a delicious picante um <laughs> i i you know i'm of the of the mind backing the restaurants right now that like when you think about it, it's like, it's wild how much free food you get when you go to, you know, a Mexican restaurant. Like, that is... But is it free food, though? You're paying for it anyway. They're just, I you know. know, it's like saying free bread. No, you're paying for the bread. It's just it's not also itemized. Like, why don't you just, like, up everything by 50 cents? Will that yeah, cover your come on and now. expenses? It, absolutely. Instead of, instead of going, like, the um, the micromanaging your food costs. <laughs> right. Exactly. And what's just, more forgiving at the end of the day, just right? Just go the Southwest like, route. You know what I mean? Just have the one price. Yeah. Or just be like, you know, chips and salsa, it costs this much, but you get endless amounts of it. You know, maybe maybe that would make up for it. I don't know. Oh, two, just, like 250 to have bottomless basket of chips <laughs> or salsa. whatever. Or five bucks, whatever. I don't know. I mean, you still have to pay for the queso. You can't get free queso. That's a fact. Saturday salsa. <laughs> we have our I Saturday don't know. chips and salsa. There's just so many memories of me being probably, I don't know, when it comes to free chips and salsa and you run out of your chips and salsa, even though you are like a great server and you have so, you like respect everybody and what they're doing, you turn into a fucking Karen, I think a little bit when the chips and salsa are empty. You're like, when is the time more of this, please? Like, Maybe. I mean, I'm very nice about it, but I like I want more, you know, <laughs> I mean, in fairness, that's where you why you come there for where you go there for. It's you know? true. You go there for that free chips and salsa or that that free bread. <laughs> I, I worked at a I worked at a, a what was it? A Roadhouse Grill back in the uh-huh. day. And these house made rolls, people would you could Split not. Their shit. Yeah, you could not even delay on getting that bread oh. to the table. It's oh, more, they're no, already no. asking you for more before they got the first stuff. Oh yes. Uh, 
I worked in a Middle Eastern restaurant in the Detroit Burbs. It was called La Chiche. And they did the thing where they had the tiny individual pitas with a big open wood, you know, wood burning style oven. And you would watch the baker just toss them in there like little Frisbees. They puff up and they get the Mm -hmm. tiniest char and then you get the big paddle and pour them into a basket. You think people aren't about to claw (laughs) your fucking apron off for another (laughs) friend? It was mania. And then we served it with garlic sauce, garlic Mm. dip, which is outrageous. And you would have people come in and order one cup of soup and then just ask for multiple baskets of bread. And you were just like, how does this work out? Their check is $3. <laughs> and they just left in a carb coma. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is, it's a controversial topic. It's interesting. You know? It makes, you know, or like, I'm like, all right, $2.50, I get it. You know, is it, a, are they good in-house chips? Is it a really good in-house salsa? And that two fifty gives me a pass to walk up. Have you ever been to a uh, Chevy's? This is a chain that's Mm -hmm. in Texas, but it's like an old muscle car with the hood popped open or the trunk popped open in the back and they fill it with chips and it's a (laughs) self-serve chip station (laughs) and you take your basket and then you go to the salsa bar. And I mean, that is like top tier, you know, when you're just like, I am king of this chips and salsa bar. (laughs) This is also coming from the perspective of Brooke Van Poplin, who, like, nothing makes her happier than good chips and salsa. Like, <laughs> that's that good to know. It's personal. I, I, it's, I know gets... what you're getting for Christmas or holiday. <laughs> holiday. Uh, holiday. Sorry. Very, very true. <laughs> A car full of chips. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, anyone want this car? I'm here for the chips. And you know that uh, car's uh, open right now because it's, uh, I think today is when. Uh, uh, Texas has rolled back their, uh, they're like, fuck it, no masks, yes. uh, no anything, distance, what's that? Yeah, yeah, so it's that, a lot. That, that trunk is open a... right now. That hood? That trunk, oh, there you go. It's salsa uh, flowing. They got chips and salsa in there for show. Sure. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> they're getting that for sure. All right, guys, well, I think it's time to jump into some server submitted stories. Stories. All right. Hello again, Brooke and Andrea. I hope y'all are doing well. Before I begin, I want to say congratulations to y'all for the new network. And I'm going to tell everyone I know who has worked in the industry about y'all. Y'all have been a source of entertainment on Fridays, and I'm so glad to be able to expand it through the week with y'all many different podcasts, with many different pods. Well, this isn't really a story, but more of a catch up, if you will. As you know, we have been in contact on Instagram. I am not sure which of you suggested the podcast for me to listen to while I'm laid up with COVID, but I thank you for that. I have taken it easy, gotten 100% better, and just wanted to share what actually happened. So now, three weeks ago, I caught COVID. I think it was a sinus infection. It didn't kick in until Thursday, and I felt terrible. I went to work that entire weekend at all three of my jobs, still feeling sick, I, I did still have taste and smell, so this is where I thought it was only sinuses. One of my jobs, I climbed four flights of stairs repeatedly for two, almost three hours, and I didn't feel winded. Still feeling bad after the weekend, I went to go get tested by the behest of my boss at the day job. The test came back positive, 
And it threw me off because of hundreds of people I was in contact with due to the jobs. During my down, during my time down, all I could think about was feeling like I was a was patient zero in a zombie apocalypse. But <laughs> thankfully, I did the minimum. I wore I wore a mask the morning I felt sick. I wore a mask every day at all my jobs, and I washed and sanitized my hands often. And because of doing just the minimum, not one of my friends, coworkers, residents at the apartment complex I work at got affected. I told one of my coworkers that. I would have died if I have gotten them sick. Thankfully, no one got sick. If people, especially customers, do the bare minimum of wearing a mask, staying six feet away, washing their hands, we can function as a well-oiled machine. If you feel sick, especially coming up on allergy season, get tested, no matter what. And in all, keep doing the minimum. You could literally save a business and a life or lives. Also, if you do live in the Georgia, Tennessee area, a great source of help is the Giving Kitchen. I made a call this week, and after filling out the application, they will help you out if, you're, if you work in the service industry, if you miss due to being sick, injured, or have a death in the media family. It's a great source to have, and they are helping me out. After our conversation, a lot of my nerves relax. So a huge shout out to them. Thank you again. For the podcast, thank you again for the memories, the help, and I'm so happy for y'all. Godspeed, good tips, wear your mask, wash your hands, stay six feet away, or stay home. Jared. Wow. That is a harrowing <laughs> tale. So he's, you know, one of our podcast listeners and buddies, and he followed up, though, so he went back to work, and I don't have all the details. Um, even though no one got sick, they let him go. So really? I know. I don't fucking know. Wait, fired him? Yeah, he just emailed back that he was let go, and he's like, well, I'm not bitter, I'm not angry. He's like, they had to do whatever they thought. Is that legal? Wait, wait, yeah, is that legal? I don't know. If they let him into work, it shouldn't be legal. They should have said, you can't come back before then. Exactly, so something happened. No, you said he he got fired. That's what I mean. I know. Hold on. Let me see. Let me read it. But this I'll... is a stigma that is like going around that when people have COVID, they're like dirty. Like it's not anybody's fucking fault other than like you, no one's being reckless. He did all the things he was supposed to do and like he didn't fucking get it. Like it, this is no, this is super yeah. illegal. Like, yeah, because he didn't know he had it. He thought yeah. he had a sinus infection. There are, that, there are um, huh. hundreds so, of thousands of people asymptomatic walking around the fucking country, like the world right now. Like, not knowing they have it like it is uh, oh, this must be no, a right to work state it, well right so he's uh, you know and i know he's yeah, listening but he still has so, rights in his right to work state of course but he listens to the pod so if we can give him any you know feedback on this he wrote uh literally an hour hour ago i was let go from that restaurant lol i'm not mad angry or anything they had to do what was best for them oh well on to the next we say no no. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Why? Like, yeah. it doesn't make any sense. Like, so you have the right yeah. to look into that, Jarrett, for sure. Um, this mm-hmm. is a wild and unprecedented time. Uh, you did everything that has been asked in terms of protocol for COVID, and it's nobody's fault that they um, get this. It's a pandemic, and you had your downtime and you tested um, negative, you know, which means you are free. You're actually a very safe person to have around. So, buddy, email I us. They, I wonder if they had problems or friction at the job before that. 
Well, right, because they can cite, you know, some BS like that. If there was anything documented, mm-hmm. we found that that's what they will use as their grounds to legally let you go. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. The timing sounds a little suspicious. I just got flashbacks of when when uh, when the advice was to wear your mask. It sounded uh, and, uh, you know, wash your hands. I remember back in high school when they would talk about STDs. Mm-hmm. So like wear your mask is kind of like wear your condom. Condom, yeah. Yes, you know, wash right. your hands is kind of like wash your stuff and <laughs> wash your stuff. Wash your stuff. <laughs> wash your stuff. Don't bring those crabs in here. No. <laughs> Unless of course it's all you can eat crab night. Oh, oh boy. Wow. <laughs> I, I see you at a restaurant real. Um, That's for sure. <laughs> Oh anyway, and I, I, yeah, and, and you know, and we'll post this now. And like Brian uh, further went over here, just saying, know your rights for coronavirus in the workplace. Um, and I'm pretty sure, like the Unemployment Opportunity Commission issued a guidance to employers considering COVID-19 vaccine programs for their employees. So the, the company itself should be putting out the guidelines. And there's most likely a federal mandate out that protects workers right now. Yeah, I'm quite certain, especially with the new fucking bill being passed, it's going to protect rights of servers even more and workers even more. This is a hot topic. We should move on. But like, yes, I know. I'm like, I, there. I'm riled up. I was like, let's see if I can meddle and make it even worse for Jared. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Wrong. Let's definitely jump into the next story uh, for sure. Marlon, oh. when you're ready. Marlon, will you do the away. honors? Hey, yeah. wonderful people. My name is Madeline and you can use my name on the pod. I got my first serving job when I was 19 years old after finishing my freshman year of college. I worked all through high school in retail, but wanted to dive into the service industry so I could make a bit more money before going back to school in the fall. Long story short, this was a brand new restaurant in an already established national franchise. We got two weeks paid training, free meals, and I never felt so confident to perform a job. I quickly learned I was a great server for I had no, I had a pro, I was a pro at upcharges and schmoozing customers enough to always order dessert or take a bakery item to go. My manager had never managed a restaurant before, so it was a learning curve for everyone. He would hound us about getting proper non-slip shoes through our original training. I was forced, I was, I, and I forked over money to get a pair after my first paycheck. Halfway through the summer, I was running dishes back to our sloppy dishwasher, was underaged when I slipped and landed flat on my back, chuck, chucking the dirty dishes onto the rack instead of saving myself. My manager had moved the floor mats to keep up with the young dishwasher who was flooding water onto the drink area without letting servers know they had been moved or to be extra careful. Without the mat, my non-slip shoes were practically useless on the nearly flooded with standing water kitchen floor that had been waxed just the night before. My manager panicked and rightfully so. My mom was a workers comp legal assistant. And he knew he was about to be a bit fucked, for lack of a better word. I hopped up after falling and immediately noticed my cell phone on the floor. It had been on my ba- in my back pocket upon falling. I absolutely smashed the thing. 
So I add, so to add insult to injury, my only lifeline to my lawyer mother was obliterated while my entire backside was bloodied and bruised. Oh, Thankfully, I was much younger than I am now and could easily brush myself off and limp out of my shift. My parents checked my injuries after coming home, determined I was going to live and sent me back to work. <laughs> Just rub some dirt on it, as my grandfather would say. The, day, the following day, my boss handed me cash out of the register and, to pay for my phone to be fixed and replaced with the promise I would not take the injury any further up the corporate ladder. <laughs> Seeing as I was upright and only sore for the following days, I gladly accepted the cash and the offer. I definitely milked being in pain long enough to for me uh to get me out of some side work for the following week but i finished the summer with only a few lingering bruises and a brand new shiny cell phone hey love you all your podcast has become my newest obsession i have binged a lot while at work at my current job and i have tons of crazy stories from my from my now several years in the industry if you ever want to hear a few more, always as always, good health and fucking great tips, Madeline. <laughs> my, my. Um, yes, we always want to hear more stories. Please send them in. <laughs> and it's like, I'm sorry, your mom does what now? Oh, that's that's very interesting. How? Yeah. Just here's the here's the code to the cash register. Feel free to just. Take what you need. <laughs> do, do you think it was just a cell phone payoff? Because that just gets her back to neutral. That's not shut up money. That's like yeah, you right. owe her the cell phone. Right. Yeah, exactly. You you need to pay some hush money. Yeah, there's got there's got to be some hand to hand combat going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like so, like she should be able to get like whatever she wants from the bakery case for as, oh, yeah. as long as she wants. You know, <laughs> okay. is this a cheesecake factory? It sounds like a cheesecake factory to me. I don't Possibly. know if it is or not, but it it very much could have been. But yeah, I know she sounded really young and innocent, so she wasn't hardened. She didn't know, you know, like the industry hadn't broken her. Um, where she was like. We're going to strike a bargain sort of thing where we're all just like, yeah, not good enough. I'm going to need to see some cold, hard cash. Lots of it. Uh, yeah. I want a, a Chevrolet that has a trunk <laughs> filled with chips. Um, <laughs> I'm going to require. <laughs> I need you to drive it to my house. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, you won't be God. hearing any more about this. Um, but you guys. First of all, thank you. We forced you to do homework, Danny and Mark. <laughs> we made you read on air. Thank you. And, uh, well, I actually part... did some homework for you. As I read this story, I was thinking, rub some dirt on it. Where does that come from? Interesting. Apparently, there's some history to rubbing some dirt on it. Not really okay. dirt, but clay. Ah. Uh, apparently, there's some uh, mineral-rich clay that oh, yeah. reduces inflammation. Yeah, bennonite clay, actually, Okay, there you mm -hmm. go. Let me know, because I had no freaking idea that this was a thing. Yeah, and there's different types of clay than their purest form. I'm also an esthetician, so I do skincare, so I know about clays. So boom, um, rub some dirt but on yes, it. Yes, they, re they reduce inflammation. They're anti-inflammatory, antimicrobial sometimes, because yeah. the earth is good and gives back to us. So, yeah, that's a great origin story. I'm glad you looked it up. Of course I he did. That's what he does. 
We got a Mr. Know-it-all. I know. Okay. Um, (laughs) Well, you guys, as always, you can send all your server-submitted stories to sideworkpod at gmail.com. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. So yeah, guys, we're just gonna, you know, we, we, we're gonna get into our topic of the day, which, okay. you know, we wanted to be able to talk to you guys about your mission statement of the modern waiter, which is that you want to show the world that serving is a legitimate career. And that kind of led us to the idea of all discussing career serving as well, because we haven't touched on that on the podcast over here yet. So, um, yeah, what I would love to hear real quick. What, first of all, it makes me laugh where you're like, I don't work Mondays. And then, um, I love it. Does your do your managers accept the the excuse that you podcast? You're like, sorry, we podcast. No, I I never really tell my any of my jobs what my life is. Yeah, because smart, smart. they don't really care. Care? Yeah, they don't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So why bother? I right. just really want to provide a service to them to where they don't care if I'm not there for three four days a week. They know that I'm gonna show up. I'm going to knock it out the park. And at least this is one guy they don't have to worry about. Yeah. I mean, that's all you need to do. And good on you. Like, that's how I feel. And you just separate separate your work life and your personal life is a good way to go, I think, well, too. Right there, they're already spitting advice. This is the kind of content you can come to find. <laughs> the modern waiter. Um, Truly. I mean, I, I, there, there's just some very sage advice because you, you both have done it for, you know, you have you been doing it even longer than Andrea and I? I was about 15 years full full into um, waitressing, bartending and barista. Ooh, I got to talk to you about the barista. Ugh, yeah, um, I'm 25 years, but wow, admittedly, wow. some of that wasn't continuous because I started my own company. I've always been been into other things Mm -hmm. and i had to go into other things because as a pure server only it is such a high wire tightrope act that you never know any day you come in if you're going to be fired or if you're going to quit one customer complaint can just sink you or or whatever you know and it's really you you really ride that razor's edge so to take that that stress off Having something else, other interests, other ways of just occupying your mind, it really helps you to be more focused at, you know, at your restaurant and, and more relaxed where you're not saying, oh, it's rent week. Yeah, yeah right. exactly. I was going to say not not only job security, but just strictly money security. Right. Yeah. You might you know, that's to me was always what was like, what am I going to make? Like you think at the end of the day, it all kind of like evens out in the wash, but it's a constant anxiety you have. It is. What about for you, Danny? How long have you been in the service? Uh, 20 years. Wow. Yeah, so for a good minute. I've been at the same job for almost 14 now. Wow. So um, so on my end, when it comes to Mondays and all those other days, I just, I, I definitely pull the seniority card. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but um, 
I'm kind of like the same as Marla. I've always had other stuff going on, whether it be music or right. or um or both entertainment or just like something going on. I've always had other things going on. It was never my end all be all. And it just kind of evolved into being something that was at the point, even when I graduated school, I was making more money in a restaurant than than kids that were graduating. And they were going to take at least five to 10 years to get to the level of money I was already making. Exactly. That's that's a lot of what I think we're going to dive into as we um expand on the topic. But, you know, I think probably both of you, too, is like as you just age in general, as we've all learned, as we get yeah. older, um, your attitudes about the job are not going to be the same as when you were 23, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, Absolutely. and it's either that the restaurant industry has broken you, you know, or you have just said, I'm just going to do like, like Marlon, you know, suggests is like doing enough on the side so that this isn't your whole panic sort of focus. Mm-hmm. And when it is the art of like even becoming a great performer is when you stop giving a fuck because you know what you're doing. It flows. Yeah, absolutely. Right. I think that's what, because you've become an expert at it. You know well, what yeah. I mean? You put in your thousand hours. Yep. Ten, ten thousand. Ten thousand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and your ten thousand. Fun fact. I had a guest at my old job literally tell me, told me that you just don't give a fuck, do you? <laughs> And I said, no, no, I don't. <laughs> and they meant it. They meant it as a compliment. No, she meant it as a compliment because she she was really being difficult. And I just kept on writing. I said, okay. And she was giving me this complicated, convoluted order. And I just kept going, okay, all right. And she's like, you you just don't give a fuck. Yeah, yeah, I don't. Yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want your chips and salsa? No. <laughs> <laughs> See, but th- this is this is sort of like that um the the mind, you know, when when you become the Jedi. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And you are in control of the table. First of all, it's harder to fuck with like I from the perspective of being younger is like I might <sighs> throw my my age and seniority around and feel like I know more than my 23 year old waiter but when we are you know for for me myself I'm 42 and at some point I'm like yeah you're not about to tell me what I do or don't know I've been on around the block a few times at this point I feel pretty confident in who I am I know my rights I'm pretty good at this and there is such a change um, for me, going back to the service industry a year ago, I was really scared to do it. But then I was just like, girl, you got this. Like the job, <laughs> it comes back really easily. What you have gained in the last eight years since you've done it is like extraordinary confidence in your personhood and just knowing how to occupy space and be cool with things and also multitask and handle problems because I had to learn to do it in other career sectors. And it was amazing to even bring other jobs back to the service industry and feel like I could do even better than I used to. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's, there's elements in is, and as you get older or, or more experienced, you just gain more elements. Mm-hmm. And as a career server, you amass so many elements that you, you see, you've seen this little it's like the matrix. I've seen you coming before, or, you know, I know this situation and there's some parts where you're not in control, but you pretend, (laughs) you know, you just have to go with it. You just, you go limp, you know, I call it playing dead. You just play dead. (laughs) I see it as like, you know, like 
the restaurant is in total chaos and weeds, and you as a career server are the one just like moving in slow motion. I, that cool. is me all day. That's Marlon all day too. <laughs> yeah, it, Marlon glides. It even he doesn't even walk the restaurant. He's like, I used to, like I have coworkers that I work with that worked with him before, and they're like, I miss Marlon. He would just guide to the restaurant and and like he was skating, and I'd be like, yeah, that's my boy. <laughs> <laughs> So the one advice I would give to anyone in the restaurant business, whether you've been in it or for a long time, is see the see the experience through your guests' eyes, literally, right? And the reason why I would never run around in a restaurant is because as a guest, they're you sitting down, yeah. they're watching you. Absolutely. Yeah. And they're not just looking at you while you're at their table. You're watching, they're watching you while you're doing other things. And if you appear frantic, they then associate that they don't you don't know what you're doing, or you're overwhelmed, or they or you know, you can't handle it, all these things. And even if I am weeded and I'm still walking around, they may be frustrated, but they think I know what I'm doing. <laughs> What you right. do, though, even if you are in the weeds. <laughs> well, the whole point is, it's like what you're doing is you're not allowing them any leverage. Yes. Which, again, Jedi, Jedi mastery right there. Yes. Yeah. Control Never let him see key. a sweat. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and would you say, too, like, because I know that you guys are both, you both bring a lot of posit positivity to your podcast. Like, obviously, you talk about all of the relatable fuckery, but you both are extraordinarily positive guys do you feel like you are that person you know when you come to work like you brighten up your other co-workers or does that help because I was never positive <laughs> I used to show up for my job and now I'm thinking that may have helped at the very least I don't want to contribute to the negativity okay. so even if I'm neutral I know I'm not contributing to the negativity so when someone's in a complaining mode, I never really even b battle that because they're just expressing themselves sometimes. So I will just either slightly listen and walk away and it gives them no more power or or I'll just perhaps turn it around. But I'm not that annoying person to be like, cheer up, buttercup, it'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, uh, I just think that's what you say to someone when they've really fucked up and you're being funny to them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I'm, I'm go ahead. On my end, I said I'm a pretty positive person. I, I try to just like overall bring like that positive energy to the job. And I always find that we have better shifts or people tell me they have better shifts when I'm working. So I, I'm okay with it. I, I, I'm sorry. I was calling that. I was calling that, you know, just from. You know, it's it's also the energies you guys bring to the podcast as well. But yeah, it, you can just tell you're the fun guy. You're the fun guy at work. Um, yeah, I'm the one sure. that everyone's like, what kind of mood's Brooke going to be in? And I'll be like, well, it depends <laughs> what kind of mood the sous chef is in who wants me dead. Because um, <laughs> I was scared of some of our kitchen staff for a few months. Work was such a fucking monster. Um, Danny, this specifically is a question I have. Because you said you've been at the same job for 14 years. Um, I'm curious, how have you seen like service jobs, even yours, has it, has it changed and evolved? Oh, actually it's, uh, it's de-evolved. The, the quality, oh, of, no. the quality <laughs> of people since when I, all right. So when I met Marlon and, and we met at that same job that I'm at right now, the, the quality of servant, I tell people, I go, man, this place ran like, a it runs like a machine and 
And I couldn't understand how we work with one manager. Like I came from like a more of a corporate kind of setting. And it was because my job when I first came there was it was where good servers became great servers and okay servers became good servers because you had to, you had to ride into that system. And now I just kind of feel like people just complain and just, and just aren't keeping up with what's their, they feel entitled. I feel like this next generation of, of servers are more feeling like they should be entitled to stuff that they're not entitled to. And it kind of brings them down to servers. And I don't want to say it in a bad way because there are plenty of great servers out there. Of course. But you have to, you also have to relate to as well. Well, th- I mean, it's not, it's not um, wrong to say that there are generational differences. Yeah. I mean, there just are. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> our generation has a, I don't know, is it called a work ethic? Anyway. Um, <laughs> he said it. I didn't. No. <laughs> There's there's something. Go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say it's just you know when you grow up as a kid and everybody tells you're special all the time, then you know there's something to that. When 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 you're getting ribbons for sixth place, you know it just kind (laughs) of. There's something to it, and if you want to throw into the mix, I I truly believe that now there's so many restaurants more restaurants than there were when i first started absolutely the, the talent pool has been so diluted yes and and there's there can be a a a, a thought process of restaurant managers and owners that oh since there are a lot of people looking for a job or can do this job so to speak oh you know don't worry about it we we can we can replace you where you can, but you're not replacing it for equal value. Right. And so, whereas Danny said before, we did have strong servers, but you can't have an entire place full of strong servers. You got to have some some chiefs as well as some Indians. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah. so then the chiefs are going to look some other places to get some chiefdom going on. Totally. And, you know, and I think that Sometimes some of the the management changed over the years, the systems mm-hmm. changed over the years, and people moved on, and and that contributes to the denigration of it all. Uh, we have to build it back up to a point where we're valuing people, we're valuing our guests, because if you value your guests, you're going to value your staff as well. Right. I agree. Do you think that because of this new generation and just talking about it too, that like something like being a career service is dwindling. Do you think this is like a job that will like dissolve that people don't want to put that stock to like live a life in hospitality, you know? Cause there's also so much, there's ways you can get so much higher within the service industry, like be becoming a small yay, become working for a wine vendor that like all start with being in the service industry to Absolutely. ascend higher, Absolutely, you know? And it's like, is this going to be an ever evolving thing? I know dining has changed across the board, in a good and bad way, but it it does bring to mind like, is this something that's going to fade away as a, being a career server? I have concerns about that, um, without a doubt. I see it changing, and uh, I myself work at an, a pretty mm, not fully old fashioned place. We have white tablecloths and things like that. I can't tell you the last time I went to a place that had tablecloths. You mm-hmm. know, right? And um. <clears throat> And so as being a career server, you really have to, as a career server, you have to constantly level up not only your skills, but your, your income level. 
Mm -hmm. that most likely is going to involve moving on or moving up or moving to somewhere else where you can have a better experience. Because to me, being a career server, an experience is worth something like having good coworkers and appreciative um, ownership that matters in those places. Are there less and less? I'm concerned about that. Yeah. I, well, there's a really great uh, site I found um, called Southern Foodways, and they did a whole project specifically interviewing career servers in New Orleans. I'll send mm. it to you guys. You yes, can please. actually like he- hear them talk and they run the gamut of age. Uh, they run the gamut of like gender of race because New Orleans itself is sets a specific standard for service that has never really changed, you know, and and it's really beautiful to see like an older woman in the Marigny who didn't stop uh, working the service industry and bartending until she was in her seventies. You know, the Marigny and Frenchman that side across from the corner was known to attract older people. Mm -hmm. So she says in her interview that like people coming in and seeing her with gray hair, they flocked to her because they assumed she knew what she was doing. You know, it's, (laughs) It's pretty awesome. And I think it really speaks to like a Southern culture to like respect your elders, like at the same time, you know, I, it's just, I think it also has to do, do you live in a big city? Do you not live in a big city? You know, like what's the standard of dining and hospitality where you're coming from geographically? There's so many moving parts. I'm geeking out. This is an episode of the modern waiter now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it, it is a lot of moving parts. But then even if you work in a place that, you know, the price point isn't that high, hopefully your cost of living isn't that high either. Right. Right. So, exactly. You know, I would say right up there with the um, with how much you're making is how easy it is to navigate your your position. You know, if you have people breathing down your neck or they're, they're really oppressive, that is not worth it. That's like taking chips off of your soul, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, if we could talk about kind of the pros and cons of, of being a career server, cons being it's very physical work. Um, you're moving all the time. There's less benefits. You might not have paid time off for insurance. Um, there's you're li- You work in a hazardous work environment, like point being like slipping on a super yeah. wet floor with no <laughs> mat under you, risk for injury on the job. It's a hostile environment. There's harassment involved. <laughs> And it's I think a that's high... a pro though. That, <laughs> that's a pro. That's, especially this, especially this past year. You know? <laughs> yeah, and, and it does seem less stable, especially when you're working in it in a you know being at a restaurant like again for like 14 years to see the staff turnover around you. Yeah. You know, it, is a lot. So there there is that for the cons, but the pros obviously flexible schedule. Hello, absolutely. Great earning potential, low to no overhead cost as a server, um, a relaxed work environment, and then free, cheap, and you know, free and cheap food. As much chips and salsa as you can eat, depending oh, on where you work. Chips and salsa, you <laughs> can eat. And salsa. <laughs> you can go for it. Well, yeah, I was, you know, I was looking up some articles just for different perspectives around people who do this, you know, as as a as what they want to do as their career. And I think, you know, they start more so with the attitude of like, I'm really interested in hospitality as a whole, Mm -hmm. um, which I think is just a great attitude to have in general, especially when you start thinking like that. Um, You know, a lot of articles are quoted as saying um, the restaurant industry is, you know, not only a great place for entrepreneurs, but that it has limitless opportunities for moving up if that's your goal. 
And, you know, I think people think an entrepreneur means that you're just already born into stock options from your rich daddy. But entrepreneurial spirit is anyone who sees something that doesn't exist in a way to capitalize and, you know, make make a great living career or um, a little, uh, experience for somebody. And there is so much of that. And we were saying that, you know, if the United States, especially after a year like this, we can get unified across the board and start to get restaurant work unionized. The model that Andrea and I have talked about in um, Las Vegas is all of the, they're unionized, the whole state, every worker, even if you don't belong to the union, all of these classes and extended like adult learning you can take. If you start as a busser, you can take classes in your off time to figure out how to be, you know, the floor captain and get there and then move up and, Maybe one day you will own the restaurant because you're that valuable, you know. But there's so much if you want to be interested in it and you've got a good setup, like you really can go far with this. You can. And there is an there's a there's an element to what we do that people mark under social, um, you know, social it ups your social. I don't know. Social Uh, cachet. Yeah. Oh, social IQ. Absolutely. You're able to talk to anyone. anyone. Right. I right. have friends who are in just other worlds of of um of career, and they're fascinated that I can talk to anyone about anything at any time. I could go up to this person and just start talking to them, and they apparently it's a skill. It is a skill. <laughs> it is one hundred percent a skill. I have a I have a friend who uh lives in Chicago. He's worked at the Ralph Lauren restaurant for 15 years. He's a career server. Um, It is a high-profile restaurant. Like, celebrities come in. Like, Beyonce requests him as a server when, like, you know, things like that. Like, he's also an incredible artist and super personable and very smart. And it's like, there's a reason why he fell into this job. To be able to talk to anybody, to relate to anybody, to make people feel safe. Like, this is why I love career serving because yes, people come for the food, but they come for the hospitality. You are the face that they want to see. They want to go through you through everything. And that's why I think it's such an important and amazing skill set to have. Um, do you guys have uh, guests who asked for you? Oh yeah. Like regulars? Yeah. Of course. Yeah, of course. Mom yes. still has regulars at my job. They're coming back from all the time too. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, they come, they come find me. It's, it's all about a connection, you know, and it, it, it really endears you to the job because sometimes in the back of my head when they say, oh, I'll see you, you know, next week or see, we have seasonal people here and they mm. say, I'll see you next year. And in my mind, I'm like, will you? <laughs> <laughs> you don't give a fuck. Like, <laughs> you know, and uh, so it, it really endears you because they they do look forward to sharing that 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 time with you. And they ask you about your life and things like that. And that's very powerful. It's very honoring, actually. I agree. Well, I get all feels. Yeah. And, and I think overall, it's just the only thing really keeping more people from you know, going as far as they can is just the general attitude in America about being a server. It is just considered so less than like people's parents aren't proud of them that they do this. And you're like, really? 
I make more money than both you and mom. Exactly. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it is, it is this, it's a stupid stigma. It is just because we're living a very classist society. Right. And all the bullshit associated with it. We haven't gotten to this topic yet, but we are going to, but like, let's move over to Europe where like being a career server is a very well-respected position to have. A, and it can be a very lucrative career. And it's just like, yeah, of course, that's what you do. Great. It is, it's, it, it's, it, I mean, it pisses all of us off to hear that, you know, people don't think that what we do is, is, is as equal as what they do. Well, watch everyone come running over to our career sector the minute, you know, that there is guaranteed healthcare benefits, paid time off, you know, sick leave, all of that stuff, basically all the benefits you have with nine to fives, which, you know, there's a lot of push and movement toward, you know, tipped workers and service industry having, you know, even the minimum wage and being tipped on top of that, you know, however we want to, I mean, I know we don't have to get into the topic of the minimum wage just yet, especially since it's a little spicy when it comes to the <laughs> service industry, but, um, you know, just this idea that it's, I guess it's looked down upon because people think, you know, that you just run around and, and fetch things for folks. And then that's why you're like, yeah, everyone needs to work one day in this industry. You'll gain <laughs> respect real fast. When you, when you find, when you find yourself falling off the end of a dock with a tray filled with <laughs> entrees. <laughs> I, I truly believe one good thing that comes out of the, the newer generation of, uh, of people uh, there is there is a, a renaissance happening of people who are choosing to be uh, in the restaurant. And Danny could speak to this a little bit as well. You're seeing people value time more mm -hmm. and you, you're seeing them leveraging the money that they make and having a, a nice stock portfolio. So they'll be able to make some money, put it into the stock market. I have I have bussers. At my at my at my job, that several, anywhere from owners, bussers, fellow coworkers, who are all talking stocks, who are talking about you know investing and doing this and doing that. So they're they're doing the best of both worlds, where you don't have this traditional job. Sure, mom and dad may not say, "Oh, here's my my son who's a busser." Yeah, but when you want to go to Cabo, you can certainly have the time off, mm -hmm. and you certainly have the money. But I see, I notice a little rest, um, renaissance. Uh, Danny, what do you think? I agree with you 100%. Yeah. A lot more people are definitely jumping into their portfolios at a younger age and they're learning about things. And I think a lot, a lot of it has to do with COVID, just sitting at home and, and just seeing this whole Bitcoin boom and, and yeah. everything else, you know, that's going on in the world that you had, you had nothing else to do. So you kind of got stuck, you know, and you're like, well, my friend is doing this and, uh, you know, they, people got their stimulus money and they were able to say, hey, I have a little bit extra money. Let's, let's invest and see what we can do with it. And it really brought this generation forward with that. That's wonderful. I mean, if you just look at Bitcoin Busboy on Twitter, I think he's uh, he's doing great. That was a joke. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you guys. I was like, I'm, I'm like, I'm like what but, is that? Where, show me this. <laughs> but I also am like, I, I mean, if I would have been 22 years old and someone said the word like portfolio to me, I would yeah, be like, like huh? what, what exactly. are you talking about? We're, um, yeah, it's, it's more that like, you know, I think sometimes and I'm, I might be wrong breaking a little bit of this down and I'm sure I'll hear about it, but I think millennials, which we are at the very tail end, I'm like last year of Gen Z, 
maybe a millennial, something like that. But they've been sold a real Gen fucked X, up. Gen X. Gen, Gen X. X. That's, yes. Sorry. I'm sorry. I said I was 42. Um, <laughs> they've, they've been sold a bit of a lie where you've seen, you know, the big complaint that they're like, yeah, we went to these fancy schools because you told us to come out into the job market and there's, there's no nothing. jobs. Yeah. Right. And so, but you might be seeing more of Gen Z like, Hey, you know, cause they've been classified more as the generation that wants experience, not things. And to have a flexible, cool job career serving. Yeah. Like we were taught as, you know, in our generation, like you're never going to own a home if you do this job, which not is first of all, not true. I have plenty of friends who are both, uh, both heads of the household wait tables for a living, work in restaurants and own great homes because it just depends where you live. Um, yeah. I mean, you're looking right, at two there's... people who own their own home right now. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> this is so inspiring, you know, but it's so right. I think it's just an attitude of, um, unfortunately, Andrea and I both come from more transient cities where you're in New York because you're, you know, being crazy and trying to pursue something else. Yeah. So the restaurant job feels like it's getting in the way of your good time. Um <laughs> A lot of the times, but I've looked back with so much more appreciation and reflecting on the fact that it was actually the restaurant job that allowed me to stay in the big cities where I wanted to dream big. Right. Absolutely. And and then boom, the the big, you know, the big entertainment dream goes bye bye. And guess who can still get a restaurant job? Me. You know? <laughs> That's right. And it's it, a gift it that keeps giving. Yeah, absolutely. And to be able to like carve your own path, right? Like that's really that's that's what it's about is like for me, too, is just like, well, I can live anywhere that I want to because I know how to wait tables. Yeah. Yeah. That That. the the people who are like, I could never move. This is where my job is. And you're like, wow, that must be so fucking shitty to be you. (laughs) 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 Oh, my God. Well, wrapping up, you guys, I I, I think we've learned so much from you today. I I, want to say talking about the modern waiter. Um, your guys's little blurb about Danny, was it you who washed your apron in the dishwasher and put it in the <laughs> oven to dry? Was that you? Uh, no, we both I think washed was... our aprons in yeah. the dishwasher, but Marlon puts okay. them in the oven to dry. <laughs> Got it. Okay, so Marlon, this is me going down a weird, uh, like, gating information hole. Like, so the other day I was doing research on, wait for it, kangaroo pouches for some reason. <laughs> I was like, I was like, what are kangaroo pouches all about? So come to find out, there's there's the the one that relates most to the server apron is that uh, the pouch itself secretes enzymes that are antimicrobial to keep it a sterile zone. And I was like, if we could only transfer that to server apron somehow, <laughs> just get that get those kangaroo enzymes happening so it's the cleanest area possible. Because <laughs> we all know what a dirty black hole aprons can become. Yes, we do. Oh, and by the way, our producer and sound engineer, Brian, sent a really great tweet he just found. Um, I've been following this guy on Twitter. Uh, it's Dan Price. But he just uh, he just quoted something saying, if people were really paid by how hard they work, restaurant workers would be millionaires and CEOs would be middle class. And that's a quote from a CEO who used to work in a restaurant. I'll take it. Do you guys well, have you any guys, parting advice or thoughts yeah. before we wrap up? Uh, yeah, wear a condom and watch <laughs> your <Perfect. stuff. laughs> Stay away from those That'll crabs. Be, get onto your new modern waiter t shirt swag. That quote will be right on there. <laughs> 
you guys, I am so happy to have partnered with you guys on One Star Network. I, I, I'm so happy to have finally met you. Um, I just think we're just keep putting the word out there and all Absolutely, have to keep, yeah. ha- keep having fun. Um, not giving a fuck, but obviously giving a fuck entirely. Right. Give- <laughs> Zero fucks like, given, but just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> or like I say, like give give the right fucks. Right, yeah. You know? Give the <laughs> fuck smarter, not harder. Um, a little bit of both. No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, but yes, this is, this is Andrea and I's official endorsement. This is what you do on podcasts. We say to you, our listeners, we love them and you also will love them. So do the thing. Go follow the Modern Waiter podcast. Subscribe, rate, review. Make us all look good. Come on over. They've got tons of episodes for you guys to binge. So you will be busy, busy, busy catching up with Danny and Marlon. But um. uh, so good. I'm sorry to stop. I know we're still recording. It's hailing in Southern what? California right now. What is Not- going on? And here's the funny thing. Not in my neighborhood, Andrea. So. <laughs> Full circle episode. Full circle episode. Well, hey, oh, shit. Here go, we go. Go, Brooke. go shield your car. The yeah, fact that she yeah. even has a window in her closet, I'm kind of excited about actually. I don't. I don't. I swear to God, that's just like in the distance. Don't well, I- Brooke, you know what we say at the end of every yes, episode. I, yes, I do. Uh, Are you going Godspeed? <laughs> I know. It's Cali, baby. Like it. um, you know what we say. We say Godspeed. <laughs> and good tips. Things good have gone health. off the rails. <laughs> they officially have gone off the rails. We'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers. But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.